Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the Book of Bengal Folklore, recorded by Lal Bahari Day. We see a poor but faithful Brahmin who is rewarded with a cooking pot that is always full. And much like the tale from the Azores, episode 109, or Philippines, 145, faith is rewarded and the thief gets a drubbing. Some words to know. A handy is a small cooking pot. A mudki is a fried dough treat. Sandesa is a dish of curds and sugar. Zenadar is a landholder. And a zanana is a place for only women in the house. Okay, let's begin. The Indigent Brahmin There was a Brahmin who had a wife and four children. He was very poor. With no resources in the world, he lived chiefly on the benefactions of the rich. His gains were considerable when marriages were celebrated or funeral ceremonies were performed. But as his parishioners did not marry every day, nor did they die every day, he found it difficult to make two ends meet. His wife often rebuked him for his inability to give her adequate support, and his children often went about naked and hungry. But though poor, he was a good man. He was diligent in his devotions, and there was not a single day in his life in which he did not say his prayers at the stated hours. His patron deity was the goddess Durga, a consort of Shiva, the creative energy of the universe. On no day did he either drink water or taste food till he had written in red ink the name of Durga at least 108 times, while throughout the day he incessantly uttered the ejaculation, O Durga, O Durga, have mercy upon me. Whenever he felt anxious on account of his poverty and his inability to support his wife and children, he groaned out, Durga, Durga, Durga. One day, being very sad, he went to a forest many miles away from the village where he lived, and indulging in his grief, he wept bitter tears. He prayed in the following manner, O Durga, O Mother Bhagavadi, won't you make an end to my misery? If I was alone in the world... I would not have been so sad on account of my poverty. But you have given me a wife and children. Oh, mother, give me the means to support them. It so happened that on that day and on that very spot, the god Shiva and his wife Durga were taking their morning walk. The goddess Durga, upon seeing the Brahmin at a distance, said to her divine husband, O oh, lord of the Kailash, do you see that Brahmin? He was always taking my name on his lips and offering the prayer that I should deliver him out of his troubles. My lord, can we do something for the poor Brahmin? Oppressed as he is with the cares of a growing family, we should give him enough to make him comfortable. As the poor man and his family never have enough to eat, I propose that you give him a handy, which will yield him an inexhaustible supply of mudki. The lord of Kailash readily agreed to the proposal of his divine consort, and by his decree created on the spot a handy possessing the required quality. Durga then called the Brahmin to her and said, O Brahmin! I have often thought of your pitiable case. Your repeated prayers have at last moved my compassion. Here is a handy for you. When you turn it upside down and shake it, it will pour out a never-ending shower of the finest mudki, which will not end till you restore the handy to its proper position. Yourself, your wife, and your children can eat as much mudki as you like, and you can also sell as much as you like. The Brahmin delighted beyond measure at obtaining so great a treasure, made obeisance to the goddess, and taking the handy in his hand, proceeded towards his house as fast as his legs could carry him. 
but he had not gone very far when he thought of testing the efficacy of the wonderful vessel. Accordingly, he turned the handy upside down and shook it, when, lo and behold, a quantity of the finest mudgi he had ever seen fell to the ground. He tied the sweetmeat up in his sheet and walked on. It was now noon and the Brahmin was hungry, but he could not eat without washing and saying his prayers. Along the way he saw an inn, and not far from it a tank, where he thought to stop there so that he might bathe, say his prayers, and then eat the much-desired mudki. The Brahmin sat at the innkeeper's shop, put the handy jar near him, smoked tobacco, smeared his body with mustard oil, and before proceeding to bathe in the adjacent tank, gave the handy in charge to the innkeeper, begging him again and again to take special care of it. When the Brahmin went to have his bath and make his devotions, the innkeeper thought it was strange that he should be so careful with the safety of this earthen vessel. There must be something valuable in the handy, he thought. Otherwise, why would the Brahmin take so much thought about it? His curiosity being excited, he opened the handy, and to his surprise, found that it contained nothing. What could be the meaning of this, thought the innkeeper to himself. Why should the Brahmin care so much for an empty handy? He took up the vessel and began to examine it carefully. And when, in the course of examination, he turned the handy upside down, a quantity of the finest mudki fell from it and went on falling without intermission. The innkeeper called his wife and children to witness this unexpected stroke of good fortune. The showers of the sugar-fried patty were so copious that they filled all the vessels and jars of the innkeeper. He resolved to liberate the precious handy and accordingly put in its place another handy of the same size and make. The Brahmin, finishing his washing and prayers, came to the shop in wet clothes while reciting the holy texts of the Vedas. Putting on dry clothes, he wrote on a sheet of paper the name of Durga 108 times in red ink, after which he broke his fast on the mudki his handy had already given him. Thus refreshed and being about to resume his journey homewards, he called for his handy, which the innkeeper delivered to him, adding, There, sir, there is your handy. It is just where you put it. No one has touched it. The Brahmin, without suspecting anything, took up the handy and proceeded on his journey. And as he walked on, he congratulated himself on his singular good fortune. How agreeably, he thought within himself, will my poor wife be surprised. How greedily the children will devour the mudki of heaven's own manufacture. I shall soon become rich and lift up my head with the best of them all. The pains of traveling were considerably alleviated by these joyful anticipations. He reached his house, and calling his wife and children, he said, Look at what I have brought. This handy that you see is the unending source of wealth and contentment. You will see a stream of the finest mudki flow from it when I turn it upside down. The Brahmin's good wife, hearing of mudki falling from the handy unceasingly, thought that her husband must have gone mad. And she confirmed her opinion when she found that nothing fell from the vessel, though it was turned upside down again and again. Overwhelmed with grief, the Brahmin concluded that the innkeeper must have played a trick on him and must have stolen the handy Durga had given him and given back a common one instead. He went back the next day to the innkeeper and charged him with having changed his handy. The innkeeper put on a fit of anger, expressed his surprise at the Brahmin's impudence in charging him with the theft, and drove him away from his shop. The Brahmin then thought to have an interview with the goddess Durga, who had given him the handy, and accordingly went to the forest where he had met her. Shiva and Durga again favored the Brahmin with an interview. Durga said, So you have lost the handy I gave you. Here is another. Take it and make good use of it. The Brahmin, elated with joy, made obeisance to the divine couple, took up the vessel and went on his way. 
He had not gone far when he turned it upside down and shook it in order to see whether any mudki would fall from it. Horror of horrors, instead of sweetmeats, a score of demons of gigantic size and grim visage jumped out of the handy and began to belabor the astonished Brahma with blows, fisticuffs, and kicks. He had the presence of mind to turn up the handy and cover it, when the demons forthwith disappeared. He concluded that this new handy had been given to him only for the punishment of the innkeeper. He accordingly went to the innkeeper and gave him the new handy to take care of, and begged him to be very careful until he returned from his bath and prayers. The innkeeper, delighted with this second godsend, called his wife and children and said, This is another handy brought here by the same Brahmin who brought the handy of Mudki. This time, I hope, it is not Mudki but Sandesa. Come, be ready with baskets and vessels and I'll turn the handy over and shake it. This was no sooner done than scores of fierce demons started jumping out. They caught hold of the innkeeper and his family and beat them mercilessly. They also began breaking everything in the shop and would have completely destroyed it if the victims had not called for the Brahmin, who by this time had returned from his bath, to show mercy to them and to send away the terrible demons. The Brahmin accepted the innkeeper's request and dismissed the demons by shutting up the vessel. His former handy was returned and with the two handies he went off to his home village. Upon reaching home, the Brahmin shut the door of his house, turned the mudki handi upside down, and shook it. The result was an endless stream of the finest mudki that any confectioner in the country could produce. The man, his wife, and their children devoured the sweetmeat to their heart's content. Then all the available earthen pots and pans of the house were filled with it, and the Brahmin resolved the next day to turn into a confectioner, to open a shop in his house, and to sell mudki. On the very day the shop was opened, the whole village came to the Brahmin's house to buy the wonderful mudki. They had never seen such mudki in their life. It was so sweet, so white, so large, so luscious. No confectioner in the village or in any town in the country had ever manufactured anything like it. In a few days, the reputation of the Brahmin's mudki spread beyond the bounds of the village and the people came from every corner of the land to buy it. Cartloads of the sweet meat were sold every day, and the Brahmin in a very short time became very rich. He built a large brick house and lived like a nobleman on the land. One time, however, his property was almost sent into wreck and ruin. One day, his children shook the wrong handy by mistake, when a large number of demons dropped down and caught hold of the Brahmin's wife and children and were striking them mercilessly, when luckily the Brahmin came into the house and turned over the handy. In order to prevent a similar catastrophe in the future, the Brahmin shut the demon handy up in a private room, to which his children had no access. But pure and interrupted prosperity is not the fate of mortals. And though the demon handy was put aside, what security was there that an accident might not befall the mudki handy? One day, while the Brahmin and his wife were out of the house, the children decided to shake the handy. But as all of them wished to enjoy the pleasure of shaking it, there was a general struggle to get it, and in this melee, the handy fell to the ground and broke. It is needless to say that the Brahmin, upon reaching home, heard of the disaster and became inexpressibly sad. The children were of course well cudgeled, but no flogging of children could replace the magical handy. After a few days he went again to the forest and offered many prayers for Durga's favor. At last Shiva and Durga again appeared to him and heard how the handy had been broken. Durga gave him another handy, accompanied with the following warning. Brahman, take care of this handy. If you break it or lose it, I'll not give you another. The Brahman bowed low and went away to his house at once without halting anywhere. 
When he reached home, he shut the door of his house, called his wife to him, turned the handy upside down and began to shake it. They were only expecting Mudki to drop from it. But instead of Mudki, a perennial stream of the beautiful Sandesa was issued from it. And such Sandesa. No confectioner of Bura Bazaar ever made it like that. It was more the food of gods than of men. The Brahmin forthwith set up a shop for selling Sandesa, the fame of which soon drew crowds of customers from all parts of the country. At all festivals, at all marriage feasts, at all funeral celebrations, at all pujas, no one thought of any other Sandesa but the Brahmins. Every day and every hour, many jars of gigantic size, filled with the delicious sweetmeat, were sent to all parts of the country. The wealth of the Brahmin excited the envy of the Zemadar of the village, who, having heard that the Sandesa was not manufactured, but rather fell from a handy, devised a plan for getting possession of the miraculous vessel. At the celebration of his son's marriage, he held a great feast, and hundreds of people were invited. As mountain loads of Sandesa would be required for the purpose, the Zemadar proposed that the Brahmin should bring the magical handy to the house, where the feast was to be held. At first, the Brahmin refused to take it there, but as the Zemadar insisted on it being carried to his house, he reluctantly agreed to take it there. After many Himalayas of Sandesa had been shaken out, the Zemadar took possession of the handy, and the Brahmin was insulted and driven out of the house. The Brahmin, without showing any anger, quietly went to his house, and taking the demon handy in his hand, came back to the door of the Zemadar's house. He turned the handy upside down and shook it. Out popped hundreds of demons, starting a vastly deep and enacted scene, which is impossible to describe. The hundreds of guests that had been brought to the feast were caught hold of by the unearthly visitants and beaten. The women were dragged by their hair from the zanana and dashed about amongst the men, while the big and burly Zemadar was driven about from room to room like a bale of cotton. If the demons had been allowed to do their will for only a few minutes longer, all of the men would have been killed and the very house razed to the ground. The Zaminder fell prostrate at the feet of the Brahmin and begged for mercy. Mercy was shown to him and the demons were removed. After that the Brahmin was never disturbed by the Zemadar or by anyone else, and he lived a great many years in happiness and enjoyment. Thus my story endeth. The Nadia Thorn withereth, etc. The End that version of the story. The humble man being rewarded for his piety, only to have his riches stolen from him. Again, you can see the same sort of story in episode 109 from the Azores, or in episode 145 from the Philippines. I'm glad to see the Brahmin's family be rewarded for their good deeds. Still, the Brahmin's like, oh, please, please, Durga, help me out. I've been burdened by a family. You chose to have a family. They didn't just drop in on you. You chose them. Anyway, the podcast shout-out is to Because Language. Because Language, formerly Talk the Talk, is a podcast based mostly out of Australia with Daniel and Ben and wherever the globetrotting Hedvig is at the time. This is a podcast that not only explores language and how we use it, but they also get into linguistics without making it a graduate-level course. They have fun and games and also get serious from time to time. My favorite game is Yeah Na or Na Yeah, 
a nod to the Australian phrase, where Ben and Hedvig have to parse out whether two words are related. It's a very lovely show, and I've been a big fan for years. And as this episode will come out in June, I should be a patron of the show for about a month or so at that point. And if you can or want to, you can too. But at least give them a listen, a rating, and a review, if you like them as much as I do. And the listener shout-out is to Detroit, Michigan. Home of the Red Wings, Pistons, Tigers, and some football team that has never been to the Super Bowl unless they are gifted tickets. I've long loved Detroit, with my good college buddies, Cal Cajou, Syracuse LaRue, Chesterfield, and Westside Aaron. I've had a ton of fun experiences in that grand old city. Now I know Detroit gets a bad rep, but really, it is a lovely place. The whole Cheney family has been nothing but supportive ever since I rolled out their way with a young Jerome a day after classes at EMU. I also had a fun time teaching at a lovely school called Karsten's, which sadly and happily has been torn down. It was really old and not working well. A lot of the urinals didn't work. It was kind of scary. So to all my listeners in the 313, those living off 215C, those stuck in traffic on the lodge, and those who can say to Quinder and Lasser and Grashit, and all the way out to the suburbs, I say, yes, sir. I love you. Thank you. And good night.